Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads from the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go! Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where the Seattle Seahawks have returned to winning ways. They've defeated the Washington Commanders 29-26, moved to 6-3 on the season. Great home victory for Seattle in the fact that they actually won the game. Uh, they they finished the game. And Ty, this is a victory for you because analytics or anatitics show that Pete Carroll has actually moved to 3-0 and in a certain outfit. That's right. That's right. Today, I heard about five minutes before kickoff that, uh-oh, Pete Carroll was spotted wearing a baseball hat. Now, folks, <laughs> the baseball hat on a certain Seattle Seahawks head coach is what inspired the creation of the definitive Pete Carroll fit tracker in the first place. Who was that uh, fit tracker created by Ty? Yours truly, of course. Mm. Find that on my Twitter account. Yeah, so sure. Check that out. And so I was, I was fully aware of the uh, history with that hat. He had only worn a baseball hat once in his career before week 18 of last year against yep. the Cardinals in 2010, all the way back in 2010. And then won again last year in week 18 against the Rams. And today that streak continued with a walk-off win. Another walk-off win. The, uh, the, the win against the Rams last year with the hat was also a walk-off win for Jason Myers and the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, the hat is lucky, folks. The hat is very good, and the hat could stay on, in my humble opinion. Baseball hat Pete is undefeated. Absolutely huge. I'm so happy for you. And I, I'm mm-hmm. not actually sure about Pete Carroll's fit. I get it's Veterans Day, and there's a camo theme, but the kind of, uh, what would you call it? camel sandy colored hoodie it Just was it was a it was great. a big day for the fit tracker we added a new top as well because of the the new, brown new palette, I, right? I just yeah. i just called it a brown salute to service hoodie in the fit tracker hmm. let's go with that yeah because it wasn't that like works. it wasn't technically camo it was just like kind of one color it was very car hardy yeah. no and as matty as matty f brown um right. Matty, you know, usually brown, a, a yeah. massive proponent of the color brown, but that shade of brown, no. Right, right, right. No. 
You know, speaking of fits though, <laughs> see Jake Bobo rocking the full Nike tech and Thames. And yeah. Thames. Yeah. That that was nasty uh, in a good way. And mm-hmm. honestly deserved a better performance. It implied a better performance. Maybe there's some great blocks that are gonna show up on the all twenty-two. Cause I was thinking this is gonna be over a hundred receiving yards stat line, like new DK Metcalf narrative, et cetera, et cetera. But right. He made all the noise uh, pre-game. Yeah. 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 Uh, wh- which was better? Which was better? Was it was Tyler's fit better or, or Bobo's fit? You had to pick one. Bobo. Bobo, yeah. Bobo. Tim's in, the Ni- in a full Nike tech. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. I mean, Jamal Adams' uh, jacket was very nice. Yeah. Probably incredibly yeah. expensive. Everyone was pretty swagged out today. Yeah. Yeah. Leonard Williams was looking pretty like normal. Yeah. He he didn't he didn't bring his A game today, but No, he yeah, had a, be, a before the game before the, the last game. game. Yeah. Yeah. So Ty, this was a game where Seattle did get it done eventually. Now Geno Smith's overall stat line, Seattle quarterback, of course, hit reads massive like 31 completions or 47 attempts 369 passing yards two passing touchdowns sacked just once zero interceptions and zero turnovers for the offense which is a big deal for Pete Carroll um but really it was a tale of two halves yeah it was a tale of two halves I mean they only scored nine points in the first half they were able to move the ball a little bit but uh once again you know once they get to the to the Washington side of the field they they start to struggle which has been pretty much the story for the most of this year um and then obviously uh, a couple of uh situational miscues which you know maybe we'll dive into a little bit further uh later on in the show um but yeah the second half it, it was a much different story they were uh gino made some really big time throws and in the biggest moments now they still weren't particularly good in, on third down four for 14 on third down the entire half not great um but they were able to capitalize in some key situations, like I said, and uh, obviously that that big drive, uh, the the two big drives uh, to end the game, the one to to get a much needed touchdown after the uh, Commanders tied it, and then again to uh, get Myers set up for a uh, relatively easy field goal, an easier field goal than it could have been um, hmm. uh, after uh, the Commanders, you know, tied it again, which was uh, not great. And we'll talk about the defense a little bit later on, but. Uh, yeah, uh, Gino looked like the Gino that uh, we've been waiting for in that second half. I think he he made some really nice throws. The big the big throw for me was the one that he uh, put over the linebacker's head to to lock it. That was a just nice ball. Um, so yeah, good stuff from Gino in the second half. First half, yeah, he he kind of zipped it in. Um, and you know the way that that ended with with them needing to get basically you know, in good position twice in the fourth quarter and ending with 13 points in that fourth quarter was, was pretty significant. You know, I think even the most ardent of uh, Geno Smith believers would have been like, oof, that's asking a lot with, you know, b- barely any time on the clock, even though they have the timeouts for them to put together that 52-second uh, uh, field goal drive was, was really, really impressive. Um, yeah. Now... 
the third downs are bad again. Now they, they want to yeah. be over that 50% mark. They only went for 14, which is way below 50%, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. so if you look at the 10, they didn't convert tie, like reading them out. Um, I, if I just rattle them off, most of that isn't really a Gino thing. It's kind of a whole offense stalling thing. So, right. and, and, and I think it's important not to conflate the two. And there's a point I want to make about root mix ups as well, but just rattling off the third downs, third and 10, um, checked it down to JSN late, looked downfield for a while. It may have been the way that the cornerback on the outside was like bailing underneath the deeper route. I think it was, uh, maybe Colby Parkinson out there. It was kind of off platform, but JSN almost picked it up and then they got a delay of game kind of waiting whether to challenge for that or not on the fourth down, which then forced them to kick the field goal. Um, so maybe Gina could have done better there, but mm, third and five DK really has to make that catch. Like he alligator arms it. I, I don't yeah. know if you remember that play, but yeah, it so hit just off of his, uh, got it back turns. So I think he over under throws it by design. Um, to try and draw a PI flag, but also give DK a chance to just make the bucket catch. And he just clasps it, it maybe put off by the hand punch. Uh, third and four, Gino missed Chardonnay on like a three-man snag to go into the left. Um, it didn't look like it had a chance to me, uh, like in terms of there was a defender who'd got out from the pick fairly fast, and there was also a corner running up very fast. It would have been close, though, because Chardonnay is such an issue to tackle in space. Um but yeah, I, I see that. Yeah. Guy, no problem. And that was, I think, me play playing out loud for a second. But um, yeah, the the Charbonnet play for him to be that inaccurate is concerning. But for him to be that inaccurate speaks to me of a root mix up, uh, which I'll kind of get to in a second. But if not, poor miss. But I'm not sure it would have had a chance. So maybe that's one and a half, one play total on Gino. One and a half plays total. If you, Think about the check down to JSN as well, where he's a bit off target, but then maybe expects JSN to do different, but he was a bit late there. So one to one and a half plays. Uh, so then third and five, uh, tried to throw it to DK in a tight window. He saw a defender with his back turned. Um, he hit DK uh, in the bicep, like the back bicep. So he had to kind of adjust to the ball. Again, I think it's a kind of throw that Lockett would, would catch or someone like that, a more natural hands catcher. But, um, yeah, it it wasn't um, caught by DK. It was kind of a matching Tampa 2. I know Mark Sanchez, who was particularly critical of Geno Smith in this game, I know, and the, the pressure was really ramping up on Geno, so for him to finish his game in the way he did is, is so significant. But yeah, I know he said he could have fit it into Jake Bobo underneath, but, like, he couldn't really because the curl defender's waiting at the sticks to then take that back break underneath with Gino's eyes and, and knock the ball incomplete. Like really it's a Gino at the time I felt he's throwing that very fast, but it was kind of the story which needed to be thrown quick with the defender's back turn, like trailing in the high hole to DK and the ball just fell incomplete. And I felt it's another one where probably harder catch for DK, uh, third and four pick play for Parkinson, uh, in the zone hole, right. uh, he didn't quite manage to fall forward for the first down. Like it was a good design. Gino threw it on time, quick. For whatever reason, play didn't get picked up. Uh, third and four. Um, hit, DK was doubled pre-snap. Well, slightly post-snap. Then his primary route combination, which he'd hit earlier, of like a drag route with an angle route behind, like a what 
uh, these offenses call like F post or or H post or whatever. But if you just Google that term on Twitter or, or the internet, you'll find it because it's a staple. Um, that was removed by the, the the coverage that Washington w- was running. He could have accessed that third window to lock it, maybe on the on the real outside because you can read that concept in to out. But unfortunately, um, the, there's pressure on his left, his, so his Gino's front side where he's looking flashed inside he tries to move up in the pocket and pick up the the first down of a scramble which he had done on a previous third down and unfortunately gets sacked so again like one two not much you can do sack um third and seven they had a problem with how they're handling washington's pressure looks so they allow a clean rusher up the a gap well third and seven that means the place basically dead on arrival if the primary is not open and it wasn't so, or, or or not even the primary, but the nearest route to the quarterback. You cannot let a clean rush up the A gap. Now, that could be on Gino and how he's setting the protection, but I think really Washington uh, found a way of messing with how Seattle picks up these things because what they're doing is the first like guy required for the back to pick up was coming off the edge, and then they were late looping a guy against the slide through the A gap, so a second A gap guy, and he was just clean through, and they were just killing Seattle. So. Third and seven, uh, they 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 didn't convert doing that. And then there was another third and seven where that happened, where JSN looked open for a touchdown pass down a seam, where if Gino has any time at all, then that's a touchdown. But unfortunately, he just had to get rid of it, and he did a good job getting rid of it and not taking a sack there. Um, mm. And then third and six, they tried a screen to lock it versus a pressure look. Uh, Gino checked into it. They dropped out. I think I think like a JSN picks that up. Like there seemed to be more room to lock its right. Uh, right. I don't know if you remember that play, Ty. Since yeah, that's the one where he ran into contact. That's the one where he. Uh, that's the one. Before. Did they did they actually try to go for it on fourth down there? It was like a yard short. Yeah, and they picked it up. Uh, gun yeah, run to Charbonnet. That's the that's the Charbonnet run. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like that's a uh, that's a play that would be that that's designed to be better suited for JSN in that situation. Yeah. They also yeah. threw a screen to DK, which worked uh, to to pick up a first down. Um, I think you mentioned that, but uh, you know, I I still feel like that's like, that should be going to JSM, but whatever. I, I, right. I get mixing up, you know, personnel and all that stuff with, with that. But yeah. Um, and then finally, a third and three rub combination where they didn't pick the guy in man. Who, who was running with the throw to the flat, like the slide route to the flat. Like Gino yeah. got it out there to no fan. I think it was fan, uh, but it's a tackle for loss. Um, then that brings yeah. up the fourth and five, which luckily they picked up after, which we'll talk about. So really, that's like one, 0.5 and 0.5 on Gino, or, or maybe one and a half if you want to be harsh. But right. most of that is poor offensive execution around him for a variety of reasons. Now he... He could also, I need to look back at the protection stuff. There may be something he could have done too. But to me, that actually comes down more to like their coaches having a better answer than Seattle's coaches and exploiting Seattle's tendencies for how they've handled that. Now, in terms of like the first half, second half split, uh, in, like statistically, Seattle had 5.6 yards per play in the, in the first half, despite going for three for eight on, on third down. Um, they only picked up... Um, 13 total first downs. Now, the difference in the second half was even though they're one for six on third down, so worse, they picked up 27 first downs and they had 264 uh, total net yards. 
uh, along with 7.8 yards per play. So 7.8 yards per play versus 5.6 yards per play, and then 27 first downs to 13 first downs is the real difference. And and to me, just from like a, a brief overview standpoint, uh, the offense just felt a, a bit more balanced to me, Ty. Yeah. Um, not just with how they, they ran the ball. Um, now, this is all kind of anecdotal stuff, but they had 13 rush attempts in the first half. They had 13 in the second half. So that doesn't yeah. really reflect. But I think, you know, there's some game script stuff going on there. Like end of half, they had to pass a lot. End of both halves, they had to pass a lot. Uh, but also the way that they sprinkled in play action in the second half and and used not just like generic under center boots, but like the the like for instance the play that got it all going where Gino checks into a, a little dump off to Kenneth Walker for a massive explosive play, uh, Manny Pacquiao nice nice check and yeah. and yep, yep. you know the defender slips so they get fortunate but that's a play action play where it's a guard pull and it's a little dump off there's no boot there's no naked like the, there's a pass post scheme where yeah. w- involving a guard pull there was a few others like a little uh comeback to dk where it just gets him in rhythm and it gets them moving the ball down yeah. the field and it's not exposing the tackles and it's giving a different look and it it just gives yeah. a more balanced feel to the offense yeah and the two shallow crossers you you mentioned the one to, to jsm when you were talking about the third downs um well that the, yeah the that's one. another thing as well not not just the not just the play action but yeah the 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 involvement of the shallow crosses was cool, but I I was yeah. thinking for first half to second half it felt the main difference to me because there was there was shallow crosses in the first half, but the main difference to right. me in the second half was the the sprinkling in of more play action. It's not that simple, but right, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and you know they went for kind of a long stretch where they weren't really running the ball, but once they got back to that, it seemed like the efficiency for the entire offense came uh because they were starting to they were starting to actually run the ball efficiently with, with Charbonnet a little bit more so than Walker and uh that just kind of seemed to get everything else going for them um and again the the you know we saw the play action and you know, we saw more 12 personnel uh today um than, than we have at least from what i notice you know uh, they definitely sprinkled in more multiple tight end sets than yeah. recent weeks uh even 13 personnel tied three tight ends it seemed that that was appearing occasionally right. and i'm really looking forward to seeing those numbers like it's not like washington's a defense i mean they're not as good a defense as what seattle's faced in in the past two weeks which definitely helps but right. it's not like their massive weakness is multiple tight ends i don't think like I think that's more Seattle going, hey, you know what worked for us in the past? It was when we were able to get a bit more base matchups, but also use our Titans to obfuscate tendencies, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And it just had more balance to them. But um, yeah, to your point yeah. about Charbonnet and Walker, Charbonnet, six carries, uh, 44 yards, so 7.3 yards per carry average. Walker pounding away, 19 carries, but only 63 yards, of 3.3 yards per carry average. Walker's explosive play came in the passing game, as I said, that... 64-yard reception for a receiving touchdown, which with Seattle down 12-8 at the time, I think, 12-8, 12-9? Can't have been 12-8, 12-9, yeah. yeah. 12-9. Uh, that was a, a big now. relief. <laughs> and actually scored yeah. a touchdown because it had been a while. It had been, what, nine quarters, I think? Yeah. Was the, was the count that I saw on, on Twitter. Yeah, so that's that's brutal. Um, yeah, getting that, that touchdown from Walker was, was huge. Bobo kind of springing that a little bit more with the with the block. Uh, also uh, Lockett um, on that play. Um, you know, and also in terms of the run game, 
you know, we've talked quite a bit about the uh, the second down runs, especially the second down runs out of gun. Uh, they mm-hmm. ran the ball out of on second down, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times today. Uh, seven yard gain, three yard gain, five yard gain, six yard gain, thirteen yard gain, one yard gain, twelve yard gain, three yard gain, one yard loss, five yard gain, no gain, uh, no run uh, longer uh, or on the distance longer than second and ten. Um, and on second and ten, where the uh, six yard and five yard gains that I mentioned, so a bit more success at least in terms of the uh, like they're still running it quite a bit on second down, but more success there. So there you go. Now, um, Jay asks, thank you very much, Jay, for the donation. Do we have a Shane Waldron problem? I feel like the Seattle offensive coordinator has no feel for the flow of the game. It seems like he has the place he's going to call no matter what. Um, so if chat, if you want to donate, there is a super chat feature, no pressure, but I mean, we tried to read comments anyway, but if you really want your comment read, <laughs> um, donate, uh, there's also a Stripe link if that's easier in the comment section. Now, I think Jay, there's something we spoke about in the past on this podcast of how, uh, Waldron has a specific, uh, plans for each like personnel grouping Seattle has each formation, uh, plans like a, a kind of a bucket of plays within each thing and when it's mm-hmm. not working it can appear sporadic because he can't he's trying to set up new tendencies off that but when that doesn't work they can't get to the new tendencies because they don't have enough plays and it kind of ends up in a real kind of discombobulated mess but today it did feel really random again in the set, first half I think what I've noticed just kind of overall again kind of anecdotal but when Seattle can't run the ball, like things really, really are tough. That they just kind of melt apart because then it just felt a lot more fluid in that second half. Just such a, a basic thing to say, but when they were able to run the football, when Charbonnet was sprinkled in, as Ty was talking about, and yeah. their their usage of play action off that, it was really, really impressive stuff. And and Gino looked more comfortable. You know, then suddenly stuff gets open off play action. And I know that, sure, how effectively you run the ball may not set up play action, but it it certainly had a rhythm to it, which felt more Seahawks football. And like, you know, even that deep shot to Tyler Lockett, like that was there. It was just a narrow miss where the defender kind of got away of a hook. Yeah. Could have called it, could have not. um, Yeah. But like, it's felt more Seahawky. And it's like, you know, can do this. You just you got to support him. And that kind of brings me to Pete Cowell's comment after the game where he's he's really keen to be pointing out he, he, Geno Smith, doesn't have to be the whole show. He needs to be the point guard and be in the middle of it. And he was exactly that today. Now, yeah. in past games where Seattle hasn't been able to run the ball effectively or kind of hasn't wanted to, then... You know, Gino struggles. Gino struggles. So right. that point guard comment—it's not the first time Pete Carroll's mentioned that, is it, Ty? And and no. we saw we saw a point guard today. Yep. And again, like, and and the point guard is not just a, a ball facilitator, right? Like, he does have to make some big throws at times, which Gino is more than capable of and did today. Um, like sometimes it is going to fall on his arm. Count. And so, you know, we we saw that uh, this afternoon. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, when the, when this offense is cooking at its hundred percentile, it's Gino's getting the ball out. It's getting the ball out quickly, and you know, ball uh, the the ball carriers are 
making things happen which by the way we should mention this was a really good game for them in terms of you know yards after the catch uh which hasn't been a, a huge thing especially for guys like metcalf and lockett uh but they you know it wasn't just getting the ball going down it was making th- like on the, the the metcalf catch to set up the field goal like the the extra bit of yardage there that makes that field goal you know that much easier for for myers um so that that was huge and again the 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 screen success now they're they're starting to kind of figure that out with a bit more consistency uh and it's you know quite a few guys um so yeah they're they're i feel like they're starting to find themselves you know it does still feel kind of siloed with with uh waldron especially like again that extended stretch of time during this game where they did get away from the run but Hopefully, this is a step in the right direction in terms of being more sea hockey, like you said, right? Like with the you know stretching the field a little bit, like they did on the lock and throw, you know, more run, more play action, building off of the run. Um, and it seems like they have a little bit more of a mix they like there between Charbonnet and, and Walker in terms of the run styles and what they want to do and and what kind of run schemes they want to run with each of those backs. Um, because like today they they were finding some success off of uh, Ross's uh, inside hip with Walker. Uh, they hit a couple of pretty decent runs uh, on that front. So uh, again, it's only one game, right? Um, and the offense, uh, and really, it's only been one half uh, because the offense still struggled in, in the first half today. But it, it does feel like something to to build upon. I mean, this was a great opportunity for them to get right. This was a great get right opportunity, and they. Um, it seemed like they were kind of fumbling it <laughs> in the first half, but uh, I think there's some stuff here that they can really build upon heading into LA next week. So we'll see, but yeah. Yeah. Now the, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, Pete Carroll talking after the game about the, the third down opportunities we spoke about and how Gino mm. made some tough throws and there's a couple of balls and then he kind of talked about how receivers make mix-ups. So he said, there's a couple of balls, you know, he throws to the fans. It looks like, oh, what a terrible throw. And uh, my timeline was certainly uh, right. letting me know that that was an awful Same. throw from Gino. Uh, right. And the receiver kind of pulled out and tried to adjust what he was seeing in coverage. So it looks like, you know, like the throw's bad. We have to work together. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody's got to help. It's not just a one-man show. And sometimes guys make some decisions that don't work and don't work for the quarterback, you know. And, you know, you look at him like he can't throw the ball to anybody. So it's just a matter of getting better and staying with it. Basically, receivers, uh, there was a few mix-ups. Now, that Charbonnet throw to the flat could have been one. But uh, as much as Sanchez was kind of willing to pile into Gino, and, you know, he's doing his job. He's he's analyzing the game. But it did feel very critical. And it's kind of a sign of how the narrative's changed around Gino uh, from a national perspective too. But... I felt he covered that Noah Fant play well, where off play action, Gino throws it and, and it looks like he's completely missed an open Fant. But then afterwards, it looks you're like, did Fant stumble out of his break? And then you're like, well, Gino clearly expected him to keep running. And this is not the first right. time we've seen receivers break off routes or not run the type of route Gino was expecting out of their cut. Um, and my belief is that as, as Sanchez kind of broke down, that was like a cover two. There's space between the half safety and the, the cloud flat cornerback in the honey hole of the coverage to, to thread it like outside the numbers or, you know, in that kind of sideline shot hole. 
whereas Fant nestled down as though he thought he had cover three, and there's a disagreement between the two of how that should break. And really, I mean, the quarterback's the one throwing the ball, so he's the one who's right. But for whatever reason, and I asked Pete Carroll about this on Monday, uh, whether you know it was, you know what, you know they need to strip back the the details of of this or, or more clearly define them because it, it's happened so often. And he kind of mentioned right. how veterans have mispracticed, talked about the intricacies of the passing game. And also mentioned the youth of some of the, the young guys and how the old guys need to help them. But like, you know, Noah Fant shouldn't be doing that. It's ridiculous. So right, yeah. to me, the offense is a bit complicated. And this is something that Griff has spoke about a lot as well and spoke about in our uh, DM today. Yeah. Yeah, the um, yeah, it seems like there's quite a bit of mis- miscommunication there. And it's like, I mean, we're not there in the building, but is it a Sanjay Lau issue? Is it a Greg yeah, Olson issue? Is it a combination? The- the context being uh, Lau, um, well, Greg Olson is in his first year of the team. He's obviously the quarterback's right. coach, but um, yeah. Uh, and then Lau returned to the Seahawks last season. But I, you know, like how Pete Carroll allowed the defense to go really ambitious last season and, and, and perhaps over ambitious by his own admission. Perhaps this season the offense has gone overly ambitious with with how they've right. tried to build in route adjustments now every nfl offense has route adjustments because you don't want the defense to have a thing where your concept if you've got slightly different look to what you're expecting or slightly different techniques or whatever to be dead like you you want to be able to get out of bad plays you want to be able to attack different structures of of the defense uh and, and have like a it's never going to be a complete perfect play but you want to have a bit more variety a bit more spice to it and I think maybe Seattle has taken that a bit too far. I mean, the evidence is that it keeps happening. Like it's not just tight ends, it's not just right. receivers, it's not just rookies, it's not just veterans, it's not just uh, one player. It's a multitude of players each damn week. And, yeah. and we're nine weeks in. And we're nine, yeah. week, we're nine weeks in at this and, point. And, so. and, well, yeah, nine nine or nine week, ga- nine games. Nine games, nine games. ten. Yeah, yeah. Oh, de- over halfway now officially. Uh, yeah. and, and they are six and three. And I, I think this is a theme we'll talk about at the end, Ty. But um, it's a positive because it's happening now, so they can correct it. But right. if you want to win the NFC West, uh, if you want to go far in the playoffs, you have to correct it pretty soon. And it's kind of crazy that right. something like that happens in the NFL. On it's not just one concept. Like it. it it happens on it's not like it happens only on play action bootlegs or it happens only on gun three step drop no it happens yeah. every a lot like we've seen it on a whole variety like i said yeah. lots of players lots of concepts so weird <laughs> right it's like uh it's what was it last week i think it was last week where um you know, gino and lockett like yeah they were discussing afterwards and uh i think there was one where the was one play where gino had to yeah, yeah, yeah. The curl route where he was, where Gino's like, no, you need to bend that down more. And so they're just clearly not on the same page in terms of that stuff. Um, and so, you know, that's something that they have to get figured out soon because they get one more. I mean, like the Rams games are never easy, but relative to what's coming up afterwards with that 49ers, Cowboys, and then I think 49ers again after that stretch like they have to get this thing figured out within the next week yeah yeah um and the fact that it keeps happening i don't know i don't yeah. know 
a Pete just yeah I, I don't know it'd be cool to nail him down a bit more on that be a bit more precise with with a question maybe I can do that after the the Rams uh, road game mm. now where are we at well I guess Ty that that's all I've kind of got on the offense uh, I, I get well we need to credit uh, DK Metcalf and, and Tyler Lockett don't we so yeah DK Metcalf comes up big down the stretch he catches a uh, final stat line of <laughs> do, do, do. I had it here we go seven catches 98 uh, receiving yards a 14 average didn't have a touchdown but he in particular on that drive where he's catching in breakers they know it's coming uh drawing the fourth and the five pi flag from st just um getting his hand on the football to kind of prove it was catchable mm-hmm. uh big uh big kind of receiving target look good in the hitches it is quite amusing how his root tree is very very obvious uh yeah. in each situation like on fourth and medium you know he's running an in breaker if your leverage is giving that or you know he's yeah. running a comeback you, you know uh, off play action, you know, he's running a stutter hitch or go or a post or potentially a race route, which, you know, that's four routes, but compared to some NFL receivers where they can run the whole clock, yeah. um, DK ain't going to do that. Uh, yeah. it's, it, it's amusing. Um, and, and when you really tap into tendencies, DBs can cheat it and just do much did that and best DBs would, will do better. But, um, right. DK had a great game and it's funny because Ty, it, it it comes in the wake of um, certain rumors, which I, I don't know right. if we <laughs> do we have to I, cover them. No, no. And I could I, like I, go deep into the into I, the the, well, like, the research. Like, yeah, yeah. No, the the research made us go. Uh, wait a minute, but you 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 did talk to some people, and it seems yeah. like that is not. A thing that happened. Yeah. A thing that, that was rumored. Basically, so... chat, someone on Reddit posted that a big wide receiver had punched a certain quarterback in practice. Then, uh, you know, you naturally dig into that account and they are into some wild things. Wild, wild stuff. Like, it, wild things. Like Matt, Maddie, saw, Maddie saw some shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, yeah. It was yeah. bad. But... Yeah. Yeah. They also happened to post that the Seahawks changed their defense in week six last year and they heard it from a coaching staff member. And that is nuts because that's very accurate and it was something we spoke about on this podcast, but we only spoke about it like the next week after watching Rule 22. We didn't speak about it immediately. So that is kind of a random guy who like, it's kind of proof of concept along with the fact that they had some sneakers, which is from a former Seahawk who may or may not be on the staff right now. Um, the dots do align in that sense. So yeah, there's th- that was worrying. Um, yeah. then DK is missing from practice with a hip thing. Um, right. uh, well, I'll just say he this. has been dealing with a hip thing, but it's just weird yeah. that he was I'll, a full participant. And then it's, I'll just out. say this. If, if, if something did occur between receiver yeah. and quarterback, both parties did a very good job of making it seem like nothing was going on today. And it's and and you can say it's proof of Pete Carroll's amazing culture and right. they they patched it up. But yeah, that week six thing was terrifying. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Anyway, uh, less of that. Also, Tyler Lockett, unbelievable game, gets absolutely rocked by, I don't think it's a dirty hit, but, but, um, I mean, it's kind of dirty because ultimately it's a bang, bang play and the defender finds it hard to get out of the way, but like, it kind of falls on coaching as well. Because you've got, really to, seem you like know, he's if you're running in there with your head, there. you're yeah, right. Exactly, you, yeah. your head is going to get in. Like, there's certain ways to avoid that type of hit, yeah. and certain guys are better at it than others. Like, as, as Spoon has shown, compared to like you know, well, Marcus and, Blair's and, head occasionally got involved, but that was really kind of face on, and that's why they, that's why New York yeah. called in, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna eject this guy." And from what I've seen slash heard over the last few weeks forbes is kind of a an issue on the field there's been some issues there so well talking to mark bullock um sounds like he was susceptible to the double move and he he was very aggressive coming downhill but i don't know if i i didn't really hear any like dirty stuff is that what you're implying ty or yeah i've heard well i don't know about dirty but i've heard some like character issues on the field uh, especially when things aren't particularly going his way. But I don't know mm. if that, you know, if it's kind of a personality thing there. Um, like if, he, like again, if he was actually trying to uh, go head to head there, but um, I don't know. Yeah. It, to me, to me, that can go either way. To me, that, that like in terms of the ejection, because um, it's just, it's so hard to interpret really what's going on there um it is um, but to me it didn't seem like there was even an attempt to get his head no. out of the way that being said the the last angle that they showed mm-hmm. i felt was was like less damning it was like oh like he's that's unfortunate anyway um and then and then you go you go ahead a few plays and and charbonnet's punishing defenders and he's literally running bang with his head right into another defender's head and it's yeah. like into into a tackler's head and that's not that shouldn't be allowed uh, as as cool as Charbonnet's physicality is don't get me wrong uh, listener chat but you know it's not fair on defenders when running backs are still allowed to do that and he'll probably get fined but how are you going to eject one guy and then not eject him because he's literally out there headhunting basically right yeah, yeah and I don't want physicality to go out of football I love big hits yeah. there's a way of doing it now and and that's the sort of thing he he'll get fined for because they don't like it but yet they don't eject him so it is what it is um anyway but it was cool to see tyler lockett get up from that hit uh, yep. be sat out and and they take the proper procedure and check he's okay take him to the blue medical tent take his helmet off monitor him for a while he's fine he goes back in the game has an absolutely outstanding game uh eight uh, catches for 92 yards. Gino, as, as you mentioned, Ty, finding him in the zone holes, rifling in throws uh, on curl flat concepts, Hank concepts, uh, that type of stuff. And yeah. then that touchdown where the sprint out, the kind of front pile on throw, low to Tyler, as they've done in the past, uh, Tyler proves reliable once again. And and nice, the kind of a redemption as well because they tried that against Cincinnati and Tyler tried to bend it back in and it kind of he, rather than breaking it out and one of those plays where receivers not kind of breaking in the way that you know maybe anticipates and uh the play goes dead mm. but here Tyler makes the play as he as he has done in the past and, and so damn reliable to, to make that uh 
receiving touchdown and, and a big one at that. Yeah, no, he had a great game. There was also the uh, uh, the really nice play down the uh, down the sideline. Just really good throw from uh, from Gino and a really nice route from from Lockett to get open uh, there on the sideline on the uh, on the comebacker. Um, yeah, Lockett was. Uh, I mean, the the entire receiving court today was was fantastic. Yeah, uh, J- Jay points out about the fact that the Washington DB made that hit running away from the line of scrimmage have anything to do with getting ejected. Yeah, probably because it's it's a blind side. He's not, you know you should have your head on a swivel, a swivel, but you yeah you're not expecting that. So yeah, yeah. Um, right. Fats, thank you very much for the donation. How can people you, support Fats. the channel? Like the video, subscribe to the channel, five star review, comment down below. Follow the Twitter at Seattle Overload. Follow Ty at Dane Gunzelers. Follow me at Matty F. Brown. Follow Griff at C. Mike's Spin Move. Thank you very much, Fats. Right, so defense, Ty. Now, Mm -hmm. they conceded 26 points, which is crazy. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it's it's so weird. So, Pete Carroll said, like, if, if you move, like, basically two very similar plays, then... They they really had nothing, which yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of true. You, you know, he's hyped. I mean, they, they 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 really had nothing until the final two drives, right? Which game. which which we'll get to. So I think yeah. the the concerning thing for me was the um the yeah. So we'll do, we'll deal with the final two drives in a second, but the the uh, the two plays Pete Carroll talked about was. Essentially, so Seattle in this game was trying to send a lot of pressure because Washington's such a quick passing game. So they're trying to send pressure to speed up the quick pass uh, so their zone doesn't get picked apart, but they're also not playing man. Uh, Send pressure, make Howell throw hot, and hopefully he throws hot into where you're dropping out, so a fire zone. But because they're so spread out and so because they're so good at it, rather than sending five guys, what Seattle was doing was sending creepers. So essentially just showing four guys down the line of scrimmage, dropping one of those guys down the line of scrimmage out and rushing, so replacing him with a guy at the second level, sending four guys, or they were they were running sim pressures. So they were showing pressure at the line of scrimmage uh, and then only rushing four guys, dropping one guy off. Idea being that it gives them you know, better spacing for the spread stuff, but they're still getting a pressure effect, so they're still forcing the ball to come out quicker, so they're less stressing their coverage. Uh, problem is how... Um, well, one, <coughs> Santos made the point that he couldn't see over the line, which uh, I kind of saw show up a bit. But two, he just likes getting out of the pocket and trying to throw to the flat, and when you're running those, like, simulated or, or creeper pressures, a lot of the time what, how Seattle does it out of their four-man front is they have... Boye Mafe or the weak side outside linebacker peel with the running back because if they're trying to play certain coverages, they're trying to plug everyone into the right zones while while sending four guys, one guy dropping off being the, the, the backside outside backer, then the easiest in theory way to do that is have him on the running back because if the running back stays in, then that guy can still pass rush. Now, this is all kind of generalized terms and we'll look at the film later in the week, but the running back for Washington kept releasing out of the backfield. They were very confident in playing just five guys, which again is a a, a reason to 
for to run the scheme that Seattle was running. But Seattle, when the play was like when the quarterback had executed his drop, they were covering everything up pretty well. The problem was when Howard was then breaking the pocket. If that guy is dropped off with the running back and Howell's really quick, there's no edge player. Now, the edge player has to kind of be the D-tackle who has to kind of loop to contain and contain Howell in the pocket. But that happens kind of late and Howell's already got the edge. And then the problem was the edge defender who dropped into coverage with the running back, he didn't know whether to go and get Howell or then turn and peel with the running back down the field and, and play it like man, turn his back to the quarterback, let someone else play the quarterback and maybe the quarterback scrambled for first down. And really, the the first time where Boye Mafe did it, I think that is still an issue of you've got to coach the details. Like You've got to tell him he yeah. is essentially on that play responsible for the running back all the way down the field because of how everyone else has run off uh, because of you know other people playing with his own eyes and that being an important responsibility. But you can allow it to happen once. Uh, the first play to Brian Robinson. Now, right. the second play is ridiculous. I, I just don't know why you wouldn't coach up the details. I know they're quite in two minds, but just co- coach up the details that you man... Let, hey, when we run this play, when we run this creeper or sim pressure or whatever... I have to man turn with the running back and take him all the way down the field when the play breaks down. Otherwise, it's a touchdown um, or a big play. And and they didn't do that, which was, it's very preventable, but it's disappointing and it's sloppy details and it's not the details that uh, a good defense or, or, or elite defense uh, plays with. And the details recently, like the Ravens game, the Browns game, heck, some of the Cardinals game, they're getting a bit kind of loose with. Um, yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, the the second Robinson catch tie was uh, was flashbacks, right? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't great. I was, I was my eyes started twitching, my stomach started hurting. And it, it wasn't. It wasn't fun. Um, yeah, the the first play too. I mean, like Jamal almost gets the sack there. Um, you know, if if he's able to, you know, wrap him up there, I mean, that doesn't happen. Um, so there's just some execution stuff there too. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, aside yeah, from that, he, though, he, I mean... he, Jamal Adams after the game took accountability and said, "I should have got the sack. I got too excited or something to that effect." So yeah, yeah, that's been something that we've seen a, a few times uh, when he's blipped through uh, through the A there. Um, uh, but uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, you know, again, like you said, like they they like Boye in that situation has to be better. He needs to stick to the running back more than than he did in that situation but uh yeah uh outside of that though they didn't really give up much like like pete said um until again the the last couple drives um i think what was it four three and out in a row three wrong what did sorry you broke up then what did you say sorry uh was it Three three and outs in a row, four three and outs in a row for Washington. Or there was the there was a fumble and then punts, yeah. punts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, three, yeah. three and outs in a row. Punt, That's punt, right. punt. Yeah. And then the, uh, and then after the they, um, after the field goal that made it nine three. Yeah. And and to to peak hour's point, like that first drive, twelve yard play two-yard play, 51-yard touchdown to Brian Robinson. And then the second Brian Robinson play, uh, that was after the three-and-out stretch, 
one yard play, forty-eight yard play to Robinson, right? Uh, minus eight yard sack, and then a field goal. So like, it was those two plays until the yeah the last uh, two drives. So so the the first of the two scoring drives that the commanders like before that they they they, i think robinson had like 10 yards on five carries i don't know what gibson had but they weren't able they weren't really running the ball much and when they were running the ball it wasn't for any sort of efficiency uh but then they broke off uh two pretty big runs from robinson and yeah uh, a a 15 yard carry and a 12 yard carry yeah, and then Gibson, I think, had like a seven or eight yard carry to put them at forty at Seattle forty. After that, yeah, a, f- a five yarder, uh, and then a yeah on the f- on the first drive, we had a five yard carry. Yeah, yeah, and 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 honestly, like I think a lot of that was they they found a good run. It was something that they had success with in the first half. It was like the one run that they they hit kind of where they via the kind of offensive formation, the set that they got, they managed to reach block Frank Clark in a way that was difficult for him. But also Frank Clark, it's quite apparent that he hasn't been in the system that long. He's struggling. There's a lot of details that Seattle's edges have to play with. They're the kind of stars of the show and they're the most important players in this team and the scheme is designed to accent them. And he's just, one, he's probably rusty anyway, but two, he didn't have a whole off season in this system. And he's really kind of coming from behind in that sense. And so it's tough out there for him. Looks a little light in the ass, too. He does. So there you go. Now, on that first scoring drive, there was the 16-yard Robinson. Oh, but that um, that was on fourth down, right? Oh, was that the uh, the Texas concept? Damn, I don't remember that play. But the touchdown the, the, was the the one where you came across Brooks's face. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I think that was that one. And then it was oh, a ninth. 19- no, 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 the the sixteen yard was that to to McLaurin? No, it was to Robinson. Uh, it was to Robinson. The first, the first end of on, game but scoring. You, but, you, but but you said. On fourth down, because I remember it wasn't on fourth down. I don't think. I think. Oh, that's a... okay. I thought you said. I thought you said it was. On yeah, fourth I don't remember. Yeah, that so play, then, though. so then that's the that that was the Texas concept. Okay, I don't even yeah. remember that play. Yeah, and then the anyway, touchdown was right after. I think. Yeah, so the touchdown to uh, Gibson is a really good call from Eric Bieniemy, where Seattle yeah. plays cover one. They put the back to Bobby Wagner's side, and Bobby Wagner on matched up on in man coverage on Antonio Gibson. Yikes, that's that's not gonna get it done. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, it's still a tough matchup for Brooks because as a you know, he's dealing with a hamstring. Gibson is very fast, kinda got that receiver uh skill set almost. And yeah. yeah, that's that's not good for Wagner though. And so that's how they get touchdown. Then the second drive, super disappointing because that, that happens in a situation where it shouldn't but uh, it ends with a 35-yard touchdown to to uh, Brown. And it's the same... Well, well, actually, there's a, there's a theme to both of these. So that comes on a similar concept, like a deep snag concept, where they have three condensed receivers. 
Um, Seattle's playing cover two on that side of the field, so Washington kind of knew what they were going to get in that situation where it was a long situation, and Clint Hurt often in those long situations does play that. And I, I'm sure Washington would have had alerts at the line to check into if they hadn't got that look. So, you know, it's a good play for what they got. Uh, but maybe Seattle could disguise better moving forward. Anyway, out of the condensed bunch, one of those guys is going to run into the flat. One of them's going to run a deep but kind of inside stem curl route. And one of them's going to run a deep inside stem over the ball route. So it's just Hank, but it's out of the condensed spacing. So what happens is the cover two corner, he expands out with the flat route. The inside curl defender, which is like a witherspoon, he's going to step inside with the inside release of the guy running the over the ball route. And what that means is it creates a, a, a vacated hole for the, the guy running the inside kind of curl route, uh, which is what they hit to Brown. Now, that requires part, you know, pass protection, and Seattle's pass, pro, uh, pass rush on that play didn't work for whatever reason. Uh, it was really disappointing. Um, I think they got chipped, and, and afterwards, Boye Mafé spoke about the variety of chip protection that Washington used and how that was difficult, but that wasn't good. And it's just annoying because Seattle's given that play up before. I'd also say the way that they play, like, on those, whenever they're in like middle field open, Bobby Wagner very rarely is like playing deep or, or matching anything. He's just sitting in the middle low hole. Um, like the way to the one way you could free him, free up with this spoon a bit more and push him over a bit more to that window to the one curl is asking Wagner to do some different things. So, wasn't he rushing on that touchdown? Wagner? I feel like I saw him at the line of scrimmage when the ball was thrown. Could be wrong. But I wonder if that was one of those situations where it's, you know, it's still send four, drop one. But Bobby was the, the one they sent. He could have been. But yeah. if that is the case, then that kind of is uh, a similar point in that either you have Wagner drop to the that hole or you... um. You, you you blitz him. Um, hmm. He was. My apologies, but it was a but it was a simulated pressure. Yeah, yeah. Which and uh, Jordan Brooks is kind of dropping there, but re yeah, really, we, really also Witherspoon. It's just the coaching as well. Witherspoon has to push more kind of into his landmark. He's just not in the right spot and. Then the the other so they've been beaten on that play before though on the cover two side of coverage, mm -hmm. and then on the 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 first touchdown to Wagner the the fast three thing and and we saw it in this game with crossing routes and Wagner having to take them back and getting picked and rubbed, like when they release the back out the backfield and it's two receivers two eligible receivers so it could be a receiver and a tight end or a receiver and a receiver whatever but two by two stuff. When the back comes out fast, that's what we call a or releases on route immediately after the snap. That's what we call a fast three. And that stresses coverage because there's five out in the pattern. There's three to one side. It's stretching them to, you know, in that in that aspect. It's an extra guy to worry about. And Seattle's ways of handling that um have been uh, they found it tricky this year. Saw that against the Ravens too. And um with how Wagner's deployed as well, like with kind of just dropping to that area sometimes, not really asked to do too much that often. Yeah. It it 
becomes a, a a limitation at times. Also, just the fact that he's unable to, like, there's not as much recovery speed, there's not as much lateral agility, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, he had some. He had a couple of pass breakups today, though. So, you know, give credit where credit is due on that front. But overall, yeah, we know the uh, the limitations of what you know having Bobby Wagner as your uh, starting mic is or are. Mm. Yeah. So, I guess w- Witherspoon played really well, didn't he? He he popped off the tape. Uh, yeah. the, the broadcast. Uh, he had. Um, I think he had uh, that amazing breakups. forced fumble. Yeah, the the forced fumble. Which, where he ripped um, that ball out. Sam Howell is uh, to to steal a phrase from you, and I'm probably going to paraphrase it and butcher it. Uh, juggling his cabbage. Oh yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, I use that all the time. Yeah, that's that's classic. <laughs> he was juggling uh, his cabbage. Well, yeah. he wasn't even juggling it. He was just like, he was just like merrily skipping with his cabbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like, uh, come and know, take my cabbage. And spoon did. Spoon did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, once again, spoon just making plays, right? I mean, it's just kind of pass breakups as well, Ty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really, really nice game from him. Um, you know, aside from um you know what was potentially his fault on the on the brown touchdown. But uh yeah. Yeah, really good there game go. from Spoon. Uh Boye Mafe, he continued his remarkable streak of sacks. Seven sacks a record in a row now, now, right? Which is a yeah, franchise record. Um it's not a league record, is it? Seven sacks. I don't think it's a league. I don't, no. know, I don't think it's, but I think it's a, I think they said on the broadcast it was a Seahawks record. So that's cool. Yeah. Very, um, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, Leonard um, Williams got his first uh, Seahawks sack. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. It was, it was weird. I just can't believe they gave up 26 points because, like, it felt in control until it didn't. Like, that last touchdown, I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Right. Well, up. yeah. Also, yeah. Because, like, uh, they almost had the pick on the play right before that. Right. Uh, and yeah, where Diggs, uh, yeah, I mean, he's bulleted in, but, and he has to adjust to it, but he, it does hit him in the hat. Well, he gets his hands on it. Yeah. But it felt um, at that point, like, it was like, all right, like third and 10. Uh, right. And that's like, the football they want to play, like loud crowd, like they know they're yeah. passing. Yeah. That was disappointing. It was disappointing. And it's, again, it's really weird to like. And the, the tackle from Diggs was a bit. Hmm. And he's been yeah. hitting guys, but the tackle wasn't great. Yeah, the last, uh, like, aside from the last couple of drives, though, like, I felt like they played really well today, you know, aside from the, you know, the two sure. uh, plays to Robinson. But, like, uh, but yeah, to, to look up and see that they, you know, scored 26 and the offense kind of had to bail them out there at the end, like, that's it's a bummer because I thought it was overall, like, a pretty good day before those two drives. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, well, right then, I guess we should also tie credit Jason Myers, who yeah, kicked, yeah, took kicked us, those field took us goals. long enough. <laughs> it yeah. did. Yeah. He kicked those field uh, goals, including a game winner. It's five for five, right? Yeah. Uh, I like how he, uh, he praised the first uh, game-winning snap of... Um, the Seahawks long snapper. Crystal. Legend. Right. Right. Yeah. But like the greats before him, like Nolan Freeze <laughs> and Clint Gresham. 
Good for him. Never, never forget. There you go. Uh, yeah. Do we have let's, anything let's, else? Let's, let's, let's get some special teams breakdown, Maddie. You know, good snap, good hold. You know, laces out. Laces out, right? Mm-hmm. Good uh, blocking up front. Quite central. Didn't slice yep. it or yep. 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 hook it. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a, you know, gloomy kind of, was it a windy day? It was wet. Yeah, it was wet. It was a little wet, you know? So. There you I mean, go. He, didn't, he didn't have a field goal attempt longer than 45, but still, hey. No, no. That decision to kick, uh, to go from uh, fourth and five rather than kick a 57-yarder was uh, sound. Uh, per per Monjombo, it's extremely windy here. Thank so, you, Monjombo. So there we go. Very impressive afternoon then for one Mr. Myers. There you go. So Ty, at six and three, finally, is this Seahawks team a good team? Fraud watch? Question mark? Fraud watch? Uh, Fraud watch? Uh, I think they're a good team, and I think they're a team that uh, the the reason why I say that is I, I think they're still more than capable of being a lot better than they have been. They just, you know, they got to figure out, figure their shit out, but like they're super talented. Like the offense is incredibly talented. The offense to me has the personnel capable of like keeping pace with really anyone in the league. Um, yeah. I think we kind of undersold um, JSN today. Like just, just seeing yeah. him catch like those crosses was really exciting yeah yeah the, shell, only the shallow catches. cross more uh more screen success with him like, yeah well screen success in general ty but yeah, yeah screen success yeah the offense general, is loaded but... and like the pass pro today uh, again should have probably praised that that was really damn solid they yeah gino only got sacked once they had that issue of a gap rushes clean up like the two plays we've mentioned but other than that gino had basically as long as he could have wanted you'd think yeah, this was also a really uh, big win for them in terms of the you know just playoff picture because the uh, Commanders are one of the first teams out, and they would have been tied in the win column with Seattle had uh, Seattle lost this game. Um, right. So being able to create more separation on uh, in that regard, and then also you know keep pace with the Forty ers who just who won today sm- they smoked the Jaguars. The Jaguars looked awful uh, today. Lawrence was. Really yeah, and I think today. to that point, Ty, it's a reminder that though Seattle did get blown out in Baltimore against a really good Baltimore team, who, by so the way, the lost to the... What? I was saying so did the Lions to that Ravens team. Like, everyone yeah, seems to be exactly. considering the Lions um, to be, like, a you know a contender, so... Well, and by, by the way, you know, the, the Ravens lost to the Browns today, who Seattle yeah. beat, and yeah. ultimately... You know, it's the NFL. Things can happen. You can have if you've got a, having a poor day and you you never get it started. And I, you know, the offense has been bad, but that was bad for all four quarters that game. Whereas, yeah. it hasn't been like that for for a game. Uh, and the defense was sloppy in their details in a way that hadn't happened before. Um, yeah. and was exposed yeah. pretty brutally by Baltimore. But you know. It's happened to Jacksonville today against the 49ers. It, it will happen. I think, for me, they're, they're situated where it's 6-3. They just need to, like, they need to kind of remember what happened to them defensively. Like, I, I just don't understand how in the NFL, like, details like the, the, the edge not man-turning with that after it's happened once don't get, like, 
executing yeah. carried over. It's kind of nuts to me, like, uh, um, yeah. like coaching wise. And then similarly, I hope that they've found something on offense, but we yeah. still haven't seen this team play a complete game for all four quarters, let alone have we seen them play a complete game for all four quarters on both sides of the ball at the same time. Like not even on, I mean, maybe defense has done it a tiny bit, not, probably not all four quarters. Maybe against Even, the Giants. Yeah, the Giants. I would say the Giants. They, they, yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm being um, a bit harsh, but but also, but you know, on the flip side, you know, in that game, they didn't play complete game across the board. Like the offense struggled, and obviously there was the Geno injury and all that stuff uh, to account. No, for, acro- but, across the board, definitely hasn't happened. And yeah, I I guess you know, at week nine, you don't want that to happen yet. You you want to peak at the playoffs and Seattle could right. still be capable of doing that if health permitting, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just like, we, we, we got one more game to go before the, the massive stretch of the season. That's what I'm really looking forward to is, is seeing where this team actually truly stacks up against the, the Niners and the Cowboys. You know, that's mm. the, that's the real test. Like, I mean, the, the, the Ravens game that can just be fluky, right? Um, mm. AFC, NFC opponent, and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, the the Niners games are going to be, you know, that's that's where the real data will come from. Yeah, we'll see if they're real. But uh, you know, I th- I think again, I mean, just looking at the playoff picture in general, uh, they're a playoff team. I think I feel pretty good about saying. I mean, the NFC is so team. bad as well. It would yeah. be really disappointing if they were not a playoff team. And I mean, you, right now the seventh sort of seed is the, uh, what went wrong. Yeah, um, right now the I seventh think, seed is the Josh Dobbs Vikings. So, right, right, yeah, it's just a complete wasteland. Um, and and it doesn't look like getting much better. Like, I don't see it's not like any of these teams are underperforming in the NFC. Like people thought the NFC was going to be bad coming into it, and and they are, yeah. they are bad now. Yeah, the the upcoming schedule, as pointed out by uh, Devon's workshop, is brutal. Uh, yeah, it is at Rams versus Forty ers on Thursday night football. At Cowboys, at Forty ers is that yeah. right? That's nice. Yeah. And then versus Eagles. Yikes! Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. So we're gonna. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that the Eagles game is right after that too. Yeah, so those those four games, like we're gonna see if the team is real. Like we don't really need to speculate. There <laughs> there isn't really much time to to speculate anymore. Like we're gonna find out if this team is real or not. Um, yeah. But but even if even if disaster strikes on that stretch, I just I have a hard time seeing them completely fall out of the, the playoff. Well, like picture. if there's just, well they they'd be like six and seven or or or. Uh... Seven and seven and, seven and six. six, like yeah. that's still or seven and seven. Yeah. That's still a six seed or seven seed, which is how poor yeah, the NFC is. Yeah, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. Relative to how the rest of the conference is playing on the back end right now. Yeah, um, and yeah, it would be disappointing uh, if they did that because, f- to me, what today's about is Geno Smith kind of getting the the doubters off his back. Uh, the offense did look to find something and. I think Gino played about as well as you could in, in those circumstances. Like right. people are going to, you know, people are probably going to point at that nearly pick on the screen. Like it's a screen. Howell almost did the same thing. If a defender reads it, it's a good job. You're not throwing a pick. Like it's, 
the fact he didn't is fine. Like, um, I don't, I mean, maybe yeah. the tape shows him missing stuff. I don't, I, personally, I think he did about as well as he could have done. Uh, there are concerning things which keep happening on both sides yeah. of football. New stuff emerging. That, but, you know, that's why this upcoming schedule, this upcoming stretch is really big because if they yeah. don't correct them, they'll lose. So, right. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. But again, they're, they're so talented. You know, it, it goes back to the conversation that we had and what I was talking about uh, right after they traded for Williams was that, you know, while there's, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that there is a gap between them and like the Eagles and the 49ers, et cetera. I think the gap is close enough where they can close that in, you know, in a head to head matchup because of how talented they are. Um, but yeah. they are talented enough to keep pace with any team in the NFC. But now we're yeah. going to, we're going to really put that to the test over the next few weeks. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm a little scared, but overall, um, you know, look forward to it. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to get some answers pretty soon. Absolutely. Right. So finally chat, if you've got any questions, please do ask them. Majombo asks, Matty, if you could choose one player from the Seahawks to acquire for the London Olympians, who would it be? Uh, probably Kenneth Walker, because you could just, like, give him the football all the time. And He's going to snatch I, every I, single I, ankle on that field. I Yeah, I have some... Uh, I, I'm lucky to work with some talented athletes, but they're not in the NFL. And Kenneth Walker is in it's, the NFL... And mm. you could just, yeah. I mean, DK Metcalf is a quarterback. Um, yeah. yeah, that kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. It yeah. it would it would be nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Leonard Williams would be hilarious. Like like having a defense with him, it would be so easy. Um, anyway, <laughs> there you go. Any other questions? Hey, so many penalties we beat ourselves, says Jen. Hey, Jen, they they won. Yeah, we we they they didn't beat anything. And except and reflect for the, the sun commanders. Says, Aren't we the most penalized team in the NFL? I don't think that's an issue. This is my, I I think that means you're competing. Hot take time from Matty. I Brown. think you would find generally that the most penalized teams are the best teams mm. if you're not committing penalties then you're not pushing it to the edge oh and by the way the reaction to the jamal adams um you know when he got in the face of uh oh yeah yeah the player uh, after the who was that who i don't know someone who he he tackled a check down he got in the face and i tweeted out like yeah. i'm surprised he didn't get a taunting penalty and i was but the mm. officials were letting them talk and stuff right yeah yeah but here's the thing, is football and the fact he didn't get penalized or penalized, as I'd say, it's fine. Get over yourselves. Yeah, yeah. People just love to hate. Uh, there's so yeah. much on Twitter. There's so much hate. Oh, talk, talk your shit, Jamal. Talk your shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. football. Uh, yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Ty, you know what? I think the world would be a better place with just a bit more compassion. Right. That's that's a pretty hot empathy. take. The F stands for fire takes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. 
Geno Smith, 0.17 EPA per play. I think it's quite good. That is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty uh, damn good. Uh, Majombo, uh, yeah, no problem. That was a good question. But yeah, like the running backs, just the guy who can carry the ball and is the most athletic player on the field generally is going to cause problems. Think about high school. Well, actually, high school's probably now they're throwing it all over the place, aren't they? But anyway, think about high school in the 90s. Reflect the sun. Oh. We hit it at the same time. We're competing. You and I. Haters back off. Right. Back off, haters. MV Gino is back. I'm going to have to uh, Google what that means, though. Sure. Is that a meme? Haters back off. Any college players we're watching, Matthew? Uh, no. Not that degenerate, I'm afraid. Uh, I you, guess you, you could you look love, at... You, you love that safety from UW. <laughs> number, number seven. Number you seven. Love that yeah, you're a, big, you're a big number seven on UW, fan. Yeah. I'm kind of... Um, yeah, I'm kind of rooting for UW. Yeah, it'd be cool to see them do some things. Right. They are doing some things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the Pac-12 is interesting. But yeah, we, it's a bit... Uh, uh, the, uh, Matthew, the, the, uh, the, the Illinois dude, the Illinois D-line guy, you, you'll know who I mean, single digit. Oh, uh, uh... He's good. Johnny Newton, is it? Right. Good player. That was a good player. Good player. When we were watching Spoon, Griff and I were just like, what on earth is this? This is Yeah, I think I've I think I've seen Griff talk about him a little bit. I'm not yeah. watching Illinois college football games, to be honest with you. So uh any information that I have on Mr. Newton it comes from a certain uh C Mike spin move that's, person. That's so your your commitment is yeah. poor. Very poor. But all right, Ty, what do you want to plug? Uh, I do a Mariners podcast. What? Do, do, do How is the season going? Shut up. Do, do you guys like the... I love you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you guys like the Seattle Mariners? Huh? Show of hands here in the chat. Do you like uh, the Seattle Mariners baseball organization? No? No one in the chat? Can't blame you. I think 46% of the chat 46% of the chat does like the Mariners. I'm going to tell you to shut up again. Oh dear. Shut up. Uh, Yeah, so Lockdown Mariners. We're, We're doing podcasts over there five times a week. Subscribe if you haven't already. We 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 love baseball over there. Uh, we we we're talking ball, and uh, I feel like the Mariners are probably going to make a trade this week. Or the chat hates you. Look look at the chat right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, watch them fifty four percent of the time. Good one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah. So I think 
you know, some stuff might happen this week. So uh, head on over to Locked On Mirror. Subscribe and you can get all the latest on what's going on with them. There you go. Great sales pitch by myself. No, it is enjoyable though. Like, I don't envy your situation, but I actually think Ty is doing a great job of covering the Mariners offseason. It's, I like to listen. I don't know anything about baseball, but I do like to listen to Ty talk about various hypotheticals, which may or may not happen. That's right. hypothetical. Um, it's all I have to talk about right now. Please, Jerry, please do something. Do something. I want something that I can actually sink my teeth into. True. And uh, I want to I want to try and delay Fan Fiction Friday as much as possible. Yeah. Reflect the sun as we're optimistic about the run defense, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, but they've had the way that teams are starting to run the ball in, in shotgun specifically against Seattle and involving the quarterback. So Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, Washington, yep. only 14 times today. There are some problem plays that I don't know if structurally, like the what Seattle runs, just it's not like they found the weak point for it. And you know, uh, I'll probably post a cut up of some of that stuff. But ultimately, you know, no scheme is perfect. Like no no call is perfect. What Seattle can do, and they have in their system, is nickel bare fronts. And why they didn't use them against Baltimore is a bit unusual. They went into nickel base as a kind of alternative, but then. Other things like the details, that type of stuff, the sloppy stuff, that kind of crept in. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm optimistic about it. Ultimately, it's this point in the season where, if you remember last year, it felt like they'd fixed the run defense after starting rubbish. And then with me in Germany, they decided to play a bunch of nickel. Right. Uh, the Buccaneers changed up their tendencies, ran the crap out of the ball on them out of shotgun uh and then it was a complete mess down the stretch so this is a really important point in the season for seattle uh a massively important point in the season where the sloppy details creeping in each week on defense they need to get on top of them otherwise they're in trouble uh but yeah i'm i'm uh, yeah i'm optimistic fine 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 what would ty do if we land otani i'll do uh <laughs> the locked on intro in japanese it's not going to happen, so don't worry about it. Maddie's right. He, he is right. He is. I know. I know baseball. You you do know ball. Yeah, you do know ball. Yeah, Maddie F baseball over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on the uh, you know, on the point zero 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 one percent chance that we land in a universe that uh, where the Mariners sign Shohei Otani, I will do the. Uh, I'll do the Lockdown Mirrors intro in Japanese. I will Learn show Japanese. Hey my. Um, so, I will have a video out this week on the Seahawks something or other, a Seahawks player. Let me know who you want to see a breakdown of. I mean, there's a lot of viable candidates off the broadcast, but, you know, the, the tape does tell interesting tales, as it did with Jarek Reed a few weeks ago. But, I mean, Conjay Diggs is in line with how he's been hitting from deep safety, although there was that disappointing tackle. Tyler Lockett had a great game, didn't he? DK Metcalf. Maybe Geno Smith, because he was balling out today and led the Seahawks down the field on those two big drives. And it might be time to kind of restake that Geno is a, is a good quarterback again. 
might be needed. The, the was, that was never so not weird. the case. Was yeah, never uh, and I'm going to have uh, an article out on Seahawks, seahawksontape.com on the root mix-ups that have been taking place in Seattle's offense, why that is, uh, how damaging they are, and why they need to stop. I also still am working on the long run game article. The last few weeks, I need to kind of figure out how to land it because it's a really long article and the kind of gun run game complicates it. I don't know if I just should write it about the first few weeks and then do the gun run quarterback thing as a part, like an addendum or something. I don't know. Let I mean, if you've got any thoughts on that, let me know in the chat as well. Subscribe to Seahawks on tape. Dot com. Like the video, comment down below, five-star reviews, uh, follow Ty at Dane Gonzalez, follow me at Matt Brown. Yep. Follow the Twitter at Seattle Overload, follow Griff at C-Mike's Spin Move, let him know that you that he enjoyed you, his break you um, love him like a gardener yeah traction engine driver cabbage mm-hmm. juggler mailroom worker there you go mm-hmm. thank you so much chat great turnout uh remember pete carroll in that cap three and oh